the last nine or ten months of this pandemic have taught us anything is that none of us are ultimately in control. As much as we want to be able to solve the problems, as much as we want to, not just the, the pandemic, but the societal ills, not one of us is ultimately capable of solving all of those problems. We have seen over these past nine or ten months, even those who are the most astute, the most learned, the most brilliant among us who are struggling and suffering to try and figure this out. No, thanks be to God, we have a vaccine. Thanks be to God, we're moving hopefully in a positive direction. But it's still a challenge to all of us because we are problem solvers by nature. The difference between humanity and the rest of the beasts of the world is our reason, our use of reason, our ability to, to, to deduce and to induce things, to think things through, to see a problem and to fix a problem. And yet again and again and again, it seems like we go back to square one. We feel helpless. Nine months ago, Friday, we had to shut the doors for th almost three months in our churches. Shut the doors completely. Something none of us probably had ever even dreamed was going to happen. And yet, nine months later, we're kind of back in a very similar way. Yes, the doors of the, earth, or doors of the church are open, and we still have capacity and social distance things, but like, basically, that's about it. If I want to meet with someone, now it's outside and with social distancing and you know, all of those kinds of things. Back to where we were nine months ago. And gosh, I don't know about you, but I just feel sometimes so helpless in the midst of this. I want to solve problems. That's what I love, to be able to see something, to be able to figure out a way through it. And in the midst of all of this pandemic and craziness, it feels like there are more problems. And I feel less capable of even addressing even the most basic ones. One of the reasons I love to go for walks, long walks with my father, and to play golf with him, even though I'm not a good golfer, is because my father is a problem solver. He had six kids and runs, and runs a small business. His whole life has basically been solving problems, mostly those not created by him, to be fair, to, and to also blame myself and my siblings for all of the, the lack of hair I guess my father has. But I love being able to talk with him and to work these problems through. And yet the last few months, there are some things that we can address. I feel less and less able to talk about how can we specifically solve something. And it can be difficult because we want results. We see that in King David in the first reading. Here he is. He's finally living the life that God desired for him. Now remember, in King David's younger days, he was a murderer and an adulterer. He's finally living in God's favor. He's finally following what God has in store for him and is being blessed with abundance, with riches, with power, with peace. And so he desires to build a temple for the Lord. He desires to give to God what he thinks is God's due. And initially, both he and the prophet Nathan are all for this. Yes, how could God possibly say no to this tremendous gift? And yet God says no to that tremendous gift. But David handles it. David receives it in the spirit of filial piety. He desires to serve God not to be the one who does all of God's will, but to be his instrument, his servant, and follow in whatever God desires for him. And so when God says no, David listens. He doesn't force his way through. And God gives him an even greater blessing. 
a line that will not perish. And God shows us in the gospel the temple he desired to build. He didn't desire for the temple on the hill to be the one place that people could know him. It's the temple of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is the temple of each and every one of our souls. That is the temple the Lord desires to build. That is the beauty of relenting, of giving in and following and trusting the Lord, of recognizing that I am not the most important person. My solution is not the best, but of trusting and asking God to be whatever he desires for you and for me to be. Because David does that, his line endures, crazy as it gets if we read through Scripture. But his line continues down to Jesus. And God becomes incarnate in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. God is not made manifest through the great works and the magnificent temple of David, but of the frightened, alone, confused, teenage Mary of Nazareth. This is how God works, brothers and sisters. It is not through our might and through our grandeur, but in our lowliness, our brokenness, and in our simplicity of our gift of self to the Lord. The Lord is made great not in great actions of great people, but in the great and continual commitment and submission of our will to His. Ultimately, it boils down to this. We want to think, okay, there's a secret that God has for each and every one of us. And in a way, that's true, because we're uniquely created. We are in being a unique act of God's love. Thanks be to God for that. It's amazing, it's wonderful to even think about. But God has willed for all of us to be saved. And he has revealed the fullness of his truth in Scripture and in the teachings of the church. The Lord has given us this incredible gift. And he asks us to receive it. Not as proud and vain, not to say, I know better than the church or by, than the Scriptures, but to open our hearts, to be humble, to be simple, to be like the Blessed Virgin Mary, sometimes a little confused, maybe even scared, but to trust that there is a greater plan afoot. Ultimately, the goal is what St. Paul says <clears throat> in what is essentially an extended run-on sentence, to him who can strengthen us, first line, last line, be glory forever and ever. If that is your life, if your life is totally centered on giving glory to God, then you start to receive all of these things that St. Paul says in between. His gospel, his gospel, the proclamation of Jesus, the mystery kept secret, how it was manifested in prophetic writings and in the person of Jesus. When our life is centered on this mystery not to be solved, but this mystery of God to be enjoyed in the person of Jesus Christ dwelling among us through His Holy Spirit, then and only then can the problems of this world be truly addressed. Because we are addressing them, not as Patrick, not as whoever you are, but as a beloved son, a beloved child of God. Or as Mary puts it at the very end of the Gospel today, a simple handmaid. Our power comes from our simplicity, our humility, our lowliness before God. 
He and only He alone can solve the problems of the human heart. Because guess what? And God willing, in six months or a year, when all of this has started to disappear and we're starting to think of a world beyond COVID, there's still going to be problems in your relationships and in your families. There's still going to be injustice and biases and evil in this world. And I cannot solve those. You cannot solve those. But God can show us the way to make sense of it and to create a better world in His image. We are called simply to center our life on God. To ask ourselves every day in prayer and when we go to confession, is my life giving glory to God? Am I following the clear teachings of Christ and His church in the Scriptures? Am I giving glory to God in my work, in my family life? Are my priorities God's priorities? David finally got those right and God gave him a line that couldn't end. Mary, who was, as we heard, full of grace, the Greek word there is having been graced completely, completed grace, totally graced. She follows the will of God. And then God does something great in her life. Truly magnificent makes himself one of us. Ultimately, none of us are in control of the big picture. But we do have control when God speaks to us, when God calls us, when God asks of us to say yes, to be simple, or to say no, and to do what I want, to do what I think will bring me happiness. Control is an illusory thing, but love is here forever. Love is incarnate in Jesus Christ. Love lives and reigns forever and ever in heaven. Love gives himself to you in the Eucharist. Love gives himself to you in the mercy of confession. Love wins. The love of God the Father for His Son lived out and reigning through the Holy Spirit for us. Yes, I am not in control, but I trust and I know that love is. Be it done to me according to His word.